Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, producer Al here. It's time for another TSFP Presents re-release here on the Monday podcast feed and it's episode two of our series, A History of Transfers. Uh, This episode originally released for patrons back in February 2019. Uh, In this episode, we discuss record-breaking transfers in La Liga history. Uh, For more of this kind of thing and access to our entire TSFP Presents archive, join us over at patreon.com forward slash TSFP. If you sign up for an annual membership, you get 10% off. Hello and welcome to the second episode of TSFP Presents a History of Transfers. In our first episode, we look back at some of the most controversial moves in La Liga over the last few years. Today, we're going to be talking about record breakers, the biggest transfers in Spain involving Spanish clubs either buying or selling. And there's a lot for us to get through. When you say record breakers, I just think of Roy Castle, Roy Castle so and the record breakers theme. So you know a lot of our listeners. What you need, isn't it? A lot of you our want listeners. To be the best and you want to beat the rest. A lot yeah. of our listeners don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Just Google record breakers from the 80s yes. on British TV. Yes. You'll see what we mean. Yes. Roy Castle tap dancing. Yes. Or transfers, and uh, we're going to talk about some of the, uh, some of the biggest transfers. Come back to me, Sydney. Come, come back, back. Come back. Come back. Come back from the 1980s. Uh, we're uh, we're <laughs> impossible. That's a long-term yeah. project. I think. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about some of the uh, biggest transfers, and we're going to start with one of the. Um, one of the most old school transfers and we're going to start with a player who we've never really spoken about on the on the podcast we've spoken about his namesake many many times but Luis Suarez the only Spanish player to have won the Ballon d'Or is something of an enigmatic figure in terms of this podcast we've not really mentioned him ever I don't know if we have no yes I think we might have mentioned him tongue-in-cheek before Barcelona signed Luis Suarez when he was in the director's box once right. to wind people up saying oh Luis Suarez is at the Camp Nou tonight okay Yes. And watching Liverpool fans go bonkers was quite enjoyable. <laughs> but it's certainly indicative of the fact that this is a player who, as you say, won the Ballon d'Or, one of the greatest Spanish players of all time, yep. right up there in the conversation. And yet, well, certainly outside of Spain, yes. I don't think anyone knows who he is. Well, in Italy, And even do. within Spain, he's not necessarily talked about as no. much as you might expect for similar players of a similar stature in other countries. Absolutely. And, and, you know, this is, this is a thing that, in a way, the one thing that kind of keeps him in the conversation is that fact that he's the one Ballon d'Or winner that Spain's had mm. you know that that kind of maintains his his presence he's got a presence on the radio here he's um, he's a he's a kind of fantastically sort of grumpy commentator <laughs> but he's, he's very insightful he's very incisive but there is sort of an element of look at these look at these boys kind of fanning around that didn't happen when I played <laughs> he, when he played of course he was at, at Barcelona for uh, four years I think it was when, when he played 
this was the era when Real Madrid were winning the European Cup. He came to Barcelona in part to try and to try and kind of challenge that. Um, he is a player who was. A, I once asked him about this. Central midfielder, nicknamed the architect. It's a great nickname. It's a great. It's a really good nickname. There's a plaque outside his house actually. It says, "Here lived the architect." Um, it's curious, the architect living in his own house. Anyway, <laughs> that's part of it. And he was he was a player of, of vision who could really pass, who could move the ball very well. I once into so he sort of explained this because he would explain. You know, I was the organizer. I was the, the the player who would kind of control the game. So, so a bit like Xavi then. To which his response was. I was much better than Xavi <laughs> <laughs> because he could pass and he could, he could pass over over a very long distance. He would he would you know he would do the kind of the Glenn Hoddle style pass, the forty yard pass that puts people clean through. He could shoot a bit I as mean, well. Xavi a could really, do that. a yeah. really brilliant player, a really, yes. a really truly brilliant player. You no, know, his last ever goal for Spain was against England at Wembley. There's a silly little factoid that I discovered today, which I didn't didn't know before. He was uh, ah, he was a brilliant player, and he was fundamentally brilliant at. At Inter. Well, indeed, as you say, he's remembered in Italy because he was a key member of one of the greatest Italian club sides of of all time, the great Inter of the. Of yeah, the and, and obviously, what, look, what happens with him is is he comes to he comes to Barcelona. He plays at Barcelona from fifty five to, to sixty one. Obviously, this is just as Real Madrid's kind of Champions League thing is reaching reaching yes. a peak. Uh, and yet, that Barcelona team, which had been better than Real Madrid before the Stefano arrived, and was 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 challenging Real Madrid throughout those the, the five years that Real Madrid won the European Cup. Mm. They only won two leagues. Barcelona won as many, and, and Luis Suarez was 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 part of that two league titles in Spain. But then it was what happened was they then signed Eleni Herrera as coach, and the idea was Eleni Herrera was very much a Mourinho sort of figure. Right, we're going to take we're going to take Real Madrid down, and Eleni Herrera had Luis Suarez. He also had Kubala, but Kubala was slightly declining. And part of the confrontation at the club was there was always this assumption that it was a confrontation between Suarez and Kubala. They denied it. They continued to deny it. But there was certainly some tension there. And where Luis Suarez really did it was when he went to Inter with Eleni Herrera and won three league titles and two European Cups. And also ended Di Stefano's career. Uh, he moved to Inter Milan in 1961 for 250 million lira, which was the record at the time. Yeah, it was the first uh, transfer fee to go over £100,000. It might be worth pointing out at this stage that a lot of these figures are going to be a little yes. bit odd because mm. obviously the, 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 the exchange rate fluctuates. So, for example, there are players that sometimes appear on English lists of the most expensive players ever, but don't appear on Spanish lists and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, you have to sort of pick a currency and use that as your kind at, of bellwether. At, the, at that moment, yeah. yeah Indeed. It's, it's but yeah, basically, difficult. his was the first uh, world record transfer involving a, a Spanish player and a Spanish club going from Barcelona. He basically had to leave Barcelona because they couldn't afford him anymore. So Barcelona had, had overspent horribly and he had to leave basically because they couldn't afford him. Everista, who played with him um, at Barcelona, said he's the best player he'd ever seen and the best player he'd ever played with and this is Evaristo who had played with uh, with Pelé and with Di Stefano mm. well, and again you know those are players who obviously we talk about and hear about all the time yes and yes. yet Luis Suarez isn't isn't it's true it's true well it was uh, possibly opportune for us to to kick off with, yeah, uh, with and, Luis Suarez and I suppose in a way underpinning this is you know we're talking about the the most expensive transfers that, that have involved Spanish clubs and I think there was a list of 13 in total is it there are 13 transfers involving 11 different players because who, two who of them moved been, twice who have, who have been the, the most expensive record. player when, when it's happened I suppose underlying this is, is that question I suppose which is was it worth it and I guess, put in very simple terms, Lewis Suarez's case, going to Inter Milan without a shadow of a doubt. Mm. 
We should, at this juncture, perhaps just quantify a little bit about the sort of structure and the, also the decision-making of the players that we've decided to include uh, in this particular group of record-breakers. There is uh, one noticeable and notable absentee as well, and that's Cristiano Ronaldo, who we're not going to talk about in this particular podcast because we're going to save him, I think, to talk about transfers with the biggest impact as well and then obviously there are some of these players that we are going to mention today who could also be in the biggest impact well exactly so, well. so for so example Johan Cruyff yeah. who, who cost six million guilders three million to Ajax three million to him but his impact is so much more than having just been the most expensive player in the world at the time by the way at the time when they they, ra- they lifted the ban on foreign players Real Madrid signed Gunther Netzer Barcelona signed Johan Cruyff to give you an example of how expensive that was Cruyff cost three times more than Netzer. And yet Netzer was, you know, a proper star. And this was a proper huge signing for Real Madrid. Mm. We are going to save Johan Cruyff as well for the, uh, for the impact. Because he was quite influential. He was quite influential. He had a pretty just, big just a impact. Bit, yeah. He had a pretty big impact. Uh, let's move on and uh, talk about another player who uh, was involved with uh, Barcelona. You'll see that in the players that we've picked, Barcelona, Real Madrid and Inter Milan actually feature quite heavily. Yes, Inter Milan do feature uh, very heavily, yeah. Maradona who was uh, brought to Barcelona from Boca Juniors for around £5 million in 1982. That was a record. And then he was subsequently sold to Napoli in 1984 for around £7 million, yeah, which was, was also a record. He was the player to break the record twice. Ah, and that was his buyout clause. I think they paid his buyout yeah. clause to, uh, to take him to uh, Napoli. He's often sort of a little bit forgotten yes, that he, he played at Barcelona. I, I, no, I mean, t- totally agree with you. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's not forgotten in the sense that people know he did. Yeah. But when you talk about great Barcelona players, and he is possibly the greatest player of all time, yes. he's not in that conversation. Uh, for example, I, when I wrote um, Fear and Loathing, available at all good bookshops, Maradona appears very, very fleetingly in that mm. book because his role, not only in Barcelona's history, but obviously specifically that that history that I was writing the, the rivalry between Madrid and Barcelona mm. his role is actually very very minor so much so that at one point because actually were, this was a part of this emergence of a huge rivalry of Athletic Bilbao Maradona actually said publicly that when Athletic Bilbao play Real Madrid he wants Real Madrid to win so mm. uh, you could you could possibly which brings us to Athletic well you could Bilbao. possibly have written a book on the 1984 Copa del Rey final uh, it is absolutely <laughs> amazing go and watch the video it's extraordinary which I did this morning it uh, really is a bloodbath I mean, and, and it's a proper karate kick as well at the, yes. in the middle of it somewhere yes uh, it's, a, it's a flying karate kick to the back of someone's head yes. uh, that wasn't that wasn't uh, Maradona although he was involved in a headbutt and all sorts of uh, I mean yeah. he sort of sparked it didn't he there was, there was, there was also the background of course that he had had his ankle broken by uh, by famously the butcher of by Goicoechea who then put it in a glass case not the ankle the, the, the boot <laughs> Oh, right. I was going to say, that's pretty grim. I mean, it's pretty grim to display the boot that you broke Maradona's ankle with, though, isn't it? Yeah, as a, as a sort of a source of pride. Or... Almost like, you know, it's like having your, the, you know, the lion's head on the wall that you've hunted in Tanzania sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, he is a little bit forgotten by, uh, by uh, non-Barcelona fans, I think. Uh, Maradona yeah, I mean, it's only time. two seasons, 82, 83, 83, 84. And for example, in, in, you know, in, in the league... This is a guy who's only played 20 times in one season, 16 in the other. He had a couple of problems. Obviously, fundamentally, the broken ankle was one of them. He also had hepatitis when he was in Barcelona. And, of course, most fundamentally of all, although perhaps we didn't realise it at the time, or perhaps people didn't realise it at the time, it was in Barcelona where, for the first time, he took cocaine. There is also... Ah. um, He's one of few players to have been applauded at the Bernabeu there's that story yeah. right by the Real Madrid fans I think it was I think but I might be wrong about this I think it was a Copa del Rey game and he, and he does this incredible run and he goes around the goalie and he literally 
he walks the ball into the net and he gets he gets a round of applause at that stage because this is an extraordinary goal. And I think this is one of the things that, that perhaps we sometimes forget is that while he wasn't at Barcelona for very long, he was really quite good. I mean, he mm. was scoring a goal every other game in, in both of his seasons. He was he was a player who, who did things that no one else did. But bad luck, injuries, the fact that he was part of a Barcelona team where, you know, this is, this is you know, we mentioned Cruyff earlier. Cruyff wins the league in his first season. Barca have not won the league again since Cruyff's first season and don't in, in Maradona's time and they don't win it until Maradona leaves and is replaced by Steve Archibald of yeah. all people. To give you an example of the, the, the power though of Maradona, Archibald turns up at Barcelona, goes into the dressing room and there's a, he goes to get the number eight shirt and Schuster won't let him have it. And Schuster's an eye and the number nine says, there's number 10 there, Burn. You take number 10, it's your natural shirt. And Schuster would not touch number 10 shirt because it was Maradona's. Wouldn't touch it. And in the end, you know, he was he was kind of almost emotional about this. And there's a moment when, when Archibald says to him, Burn, you appreciate this is important to me? Yes. You appreciate this is the number I was told I could have when I signed, signed for club just now? Yes. Okay, Burn, you can have it. To say, right, okay, you have it. I'll take Maradona's shirt on, which is quite a lot of pressure. And Archibald was brilliant as Barcelona won the league for the first time in 13 years. Bench used to generally quite a difficult character. <laughs> yeah. Apparently Maradona, when he, um, when he first turned up as well, walked into the dressing room, ball of socks on the floor, rolled into a ball, literally flicked it up, starts doing kick-ups in the dressing room. Everyone's sort of standing there going, bloody hell. <laughs> you can imagine, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about another player who moved to, uh, to Barcelona for a, uh, for a world record fee. And he did have quite an impact. He was only there for one season. Yeah, even less time than, than Maradona. Even less time than Maradona. But everybody knows that he played exactly. for Barcelona. His, his sense of Ronaldo, place... Ronaldo, Ronaldo Nazario. His sense of place at Barcelona is greater than Maradona's. Well, that's the thing. Players yeah. kind of have a defining club that they're associated with. And for Maradona, it's probably Napoli. And exactly. for Ronaldo, even though he was only there for a year, it's maybe that season at Barca. And what a season it was. Because you're right, it was just one season. It was an, an incredible... I mean... It's one of the best seasons of any player ever in La Liga. I mean, on a sort yes. of individual level. I mean, obviously we've seen Messi, we've seen Ronaldo scale incredible heights in recent years. But what Ronaldo was doing every single game in that in in that season and the goals that he was scoring, it was just extraordinary. And I don't think he ever got back to that level. I think his first season at Inter Milan was pretty decent as well, and he had a relatively good goal scoring record. I mean, he's got a very good goal scoring yeah. record for Real Madrid as yes, well. Very but good. but it was just never that raw, exciting, thrilling and deadly finishing that, that we saw in that I th- season. I, th- I think as well you started by using the right word, impact. Now, obviously I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for myself. And 96-97 was the, the year I first lived in Spain. Ah. And I didn't know Ronaldo. No. I, didn't, I mean, maybe, maybe that's remiss of me, but you know, I was, I was a student, I didn't know Ronaldo. Ronaldo had scored 54 in 58 games in Holland. Maybe I should know a bit about him. He had been the world record signing, so maybe I should know a bit about him, but I hadn't watched Dutch football. A lot of players score a lot of goals in Holland. Since. Well, and by, in a way, this, this idea of PSV to Barcelona was, a, was the track that Romario had suggested in the first place. And this happens with, it's Robson's recommendation as well, Bobby Robson. And so this is a guy that genuinely I don't know. I turn up in Spain and holy shit. Yeah. I mean, it is just mind-blowing. And just that sense of, I don't even know who this kid is. And he's only 20, I think. He's only 20 and he's just tearing up the league. And he's genuinely better than anything I've ever seen in terms of that like crikey and I, I, I do still think this Messi's a better player than him yes Messi has had better seasons than him yes almost certainly but in terms of a season where you go God hmm. 
I've never seen anything like him that year. And that's partly about me and, and, and the interpretation of it and the first year I live in Spain and all the rest of it. That's why he was I, outrageous. I, I wanted to put him in the impact pod. But anyway, I mean, it was just one season. Well, this is why I think there's a slight difference between impact or and influence. Mm. And influence, I would say impact, that can, yeah. can you be one of the most influential transfers if you're only there for one year? You don't win the league because Barca didn't win the league that year. But in a way, that's and then you're off. They don't win the league because they play Urkules and he's away. I can't remember if he's injured or if he's gone back to the Rio Carnival. I mean, that was one of the other kind of ongoing arguments. Uh, I think he's injured at this stage. This will be much later in the season than, than Carnival. Yes. Um, and and they, they lose without him. And I remember Pep Guardiola saying something like, well, we were without our monster. We were without this 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 creature. that <laughs> this, I mean, that famous Jorge Balano line about when he attacks, it's like the whole herd attacks. It's like a stampede because mm. you just can't stop him. Mm. And, and of course, that's in, embodied in that goal at Compostela. Mm. If you haven't seen it, let's go and type, type Ronaldo Compostela. They've seen it, surely. I mean, it's just, and, and the, the, best, the best bit is Robson's reaction. <laughs> So Ronaldo scores and Bobby Robson's on the touchline he puts his hands on his head as oh, if yeah. to say what the bloody hell have I just seen? <laughs> and, and there's it. the famous uh, ass front page the next day which is Pele is back Pele returns yeah. And I, I remember another front page I remember and, and maybe this is kind of things have changed I don't think it would happen now that a Barcelona player would get a marker or ass front page in quite the same way but I remember a front page with a picture of him and it was just a picture of him and nothing else no words on the front page at all and then just in tiny brackets at the bottom it just said sin palabras and there's no words to describe this guy because he was just amazing. So how on earth did they manage to lose him after just a year then? Because they cocked up very, very, very badly. First of all, they, let, they, they set a buyout, a buyout clause, clause which, yeah. was, which was reachable. A Four lot of money. billion pesetas. Yeah, $27 million. I don't know what that would have been in pounds at the time. Um, he'd had contract negotiations with the club. He'd said he wanted to stay. The club had said it's basically going to happen. His agents were kind of kept going backwards and forwards. It seems a little... Frankly, it seems like one of those where it's in agents' hands and agents make a lot of money out of it, mm. which is such a pity. Because you look, you looked at him that year and you think, well, I'll give him continuity, he could be what something else. I mean, he still was. Oh, he still was, absolutely he yeah. still was. And, and, and I feel very guilty about this. And I'm going to hold, hold up my hands and say I feel horrible about something I said once. Um, there was a TV documentary, and one of the characters on it was Ronaldo, and they asked me to be a talking head. And we were talking about Ronaldo and his impact and stuff. And of course, we talked about the, the fact that by the end of his career, people were saying, "Look at you! You're out of you know you're out of shape. You're in bad condition. You don't train hard. You're not committed to this, and so on." And and in fact, in that documentary, I can't remember who it is, but one of his Brazilian teammates says exactly that, which kind of makes me feel slightly better. But there's a line where I say something like, "You watched him, and he was so good," and you sort of think, "God, imagine if you'd tried." Mm. And I felt really guilty after. I thought, "Of course, he bloody tried. He came back from terrible knee injuries. Mm. He did try." But of course he wasn't kind of this committed athlete and, and, and I suppose if he had been, he might have been off the scale or maybe he wouldn't have been happy. Mm. Maybe he had to accept him the way he was because as a player, I think he's the best I've seen him. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Messi. yeah. President of Valladolid now. So, yeah. you know, still in Spain, still knocking about. You'd think Barca would have learnt with the whole buyout clause thing as well, but <laughs> it turns out they didn't because we it's might incredible. come to Neymar at the end. <laughs> it's incredible, yes. yeah. Moving on, uh, we can talk about, shall we move to uh, Real Madrid now and uh, discuss Zinedine Zidane's transfer? Yeah, because we're skipping the likes of Danielson and Figo because yes. they were also world records, but we've talked about them. We've really. talked about them quite a lot as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Zidane joining from Juventus for a world record fee of 77.5 million euros in, yeah. in 2001. 150 billion lira, and it wasn't apparently. Just, that wow. wasn't just a world record figure. We talked about Figo before. This is the season after Figo. It almost doubles what Figo cost. Mm. It's a massive world record. It's a complete, you know, it completely blows the market apart. Mm. Um, 
and that's how difficult it was to get out of him get him out of Juventus. Mm. Getting him out was easy. Convincing Juventus was difficult. The way he was convinced was this was at Monte Carlo, a, before the European Super Cup. I think there's a sort of a banquet. Florentino writes on a napkin. Do you want to play for Real Madrid? It gets passed around the table to Zidane. Zidane opens it. For some reason, this is written in English. For some reason, his response is in English. He writes yes, and it gets passed back. And the rest is history. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a lot of history, but the rest is history. Yeah. Yes. Um, I was actually wanted to put this in the impact pod as well because I feel that the impact that you have as Zidane signing isn't so much as a player but the legacy that he leaves for the next 15 yes. years isn't it because yeah. he's there he's in the back yeah, you can stuff. take it all the way through you can take it all the way through here yeah and, and that comes from this signing doesn't it because yeah. if he hadn't joined for Real Madrid he wouldn't have been linked with them for 15 years he wouldn't have been Carlo Ancelotti's assistant in 2014 and then he wouldn't have won three successive Champions League titles as manager as well you make so. a good case Kitcher. Yeah. no no it's <laughs> well, a very you know. good case the curious thing is Get, 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 I'm about to put my tin hat on here yeah. right? as a player his influence wasn't that great which is a stupid thing to say so okay. let, me, let me try and explain well, it. the most elegant player I've seen the most enjoyable player to watch for, for two or three seasons um, ask his teammates who was the best player in that team and apart from Ronaldo he'll say Ronaldo and g- grin at you and giggle and then Zidane will say yeah he's right it was Ronaldo um, and even though I remember Zidane even saying actually he didn't have to train he was just too good the rest of us had to work at this um, Arsenal teammates, who's the best player? Zizou by miles. Um, there was a, a, a dignity and elegance in the way that he played. Everybody loved him. Wins the European Cup, of course, that extraordinary goal in his first season. Wins the league in his second. But he goes without winning anything else mm. after that. And he has admitted to me, I don't know if he's admitted it anywhere else, um, that one of the reasons why he goes when he went, and people thought he'd gone a bit early, and of course he went out in 2006, then went to the World Cup final in 2006, one of the reasons he went was because he felt responsible for the fact that Madrid had just gone through the worst drought in their entire history. And so Zidane was a failure for the mm. last three years. He thinks that. And I know he had that renaissance at the World Cup, but you remember watching him in those last couple of seasons, 2005, 2006. He was declining. And he was, because he was a little bit sort of heavier, so he wasn't quite, he still had the touch and everything, but he wasn't the same absolutely. player that he had and I think, And I think that's absolutely true. And, and obviously when, you know, when, when they played Spain in the 2006 World Cup there was that headline that said we're going to retire you today and we're going to knock mm. France out and that's the end of your career and he didn't like that at all mm. and then after the World Cup when he'd been so brilliant lots of people said no, don't retire don't retire come back this proves that you're still great but in a way it doesn't because that was Zidane focusing on the last moment mm. everything poured into that and for that, that last season apart from the final day where his last game against Villarreal and he bowed out in a classic Zidane way very, very understated very calm very, you know, and, and it was genuinely sad seeing him go but actually, he'd missed something like three of the last four months of the season. And there was a very clear sense that that three months he knew was the build-up towards the World Cup. And the World Cup was the goodbye. The World Cup was quite literally, well, not quite literally. That's very bad use of literally. was like the, the swan song, you know. It was the, this is my last performance, and then I'm going. This is my last, my last, not my last song, and then, then I'm I mean, going. So, so convinced was he that he had to leave, that he actually gave up a year of contract, yes, did yeah, he? Real Madrid, yeah. he renounced. I mean, he had he a, he could, so much about him as yeah. well. I mean, you know, the money wasn't important. He was just like, right, I'm off. As he sort of left on a high as well after the... Uh, after winning three Champions Leagues in a row as well. We just thought, He's right, brilliant, isn't it? He knows when to go. Yeah, Zidane yeah, yeah. knows many things and when to go is one of them. Yes. Um, so there we go. Another Real Madrid uh, record breaker. And there's a few on the list. Kaká. Yeah, for only about a week though. Yes. Because didn't Ronaldo come like three or four days later? Maybe even less than a week then. Yes. It was certainly the same, the same summer, the same window. And yeah, we were debating this. Kaká is only a world record transfer if you do it in pounds sterling, yes. apparently. Not in euros. Yeah. 
Not in Euros. Because of the exchange rate. Because of the exchange rate, yes. So Zidane cost 77.5 million, and uh, at the time, apparently, Kaká cost 65 million euros. So he's not a world record, but in pounds, uh, because of the, because uh, of the fluctuating, fluctuating pounds. And, and because actually, these Zidane wasn't measured in euros, he was measured in... So if you do it against the lira, exactly. Anyway. This is where we, yeah, we, get, this is where we get silly, but anyway. Um, I mean, there's also a debate about whether we should include Kaká in these pods, or we are going to do a, a pod on sort of transfers gone wrong. Yes. And flops. Yes. Is that unfair on Kaká yeah. to say that he, he I think it is. I mean, actually, no, he, it's not. I, I think he was a... I, I think he failed, but I don't think he flopped, if you see what I mean. To define... Where's, where's the line? Um, 23 goals in 85 games is really not that bad. Um, sorry, 29 goals what? in total. 32 assists not is, is, is not that bad. He had groin injuries, he had knee injuries, mm. he had hip injuries, he had a manager in Mourinho who... I mean, all who of those came, aren't, aren't reasons that he wasn't... Uh, like, no, although no, no, in, okay. Being injury-prone... They're, 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 they're excuses, I suppose, rather than reasons, or explanations rather than reasons. I don't think he was a terrible player, by any means, but I don't think he was anything... I don't think he was ever a player that really you should have looked at and gone because he'd won the Ballon d'Or for Milan that one season where he was brilliant and, and for Milan he was I mean he was so beautiful and graceful for Milan that maybe I don't know yeah, but certainly he, he didn't meet he didn't meet expectations when he came no, to Madrid he absolutely at all. didn't and you know what the, the, you know the reason why Florentino Perez signed him why because Ramon Calderon didn't uh-huh. it really is that simple Calderon I remember Calderon once saying uh, my tombstone will say here lies the man who didn't sign Kaká because of course he'd come to the presidency saying he was going to buy sign Kaká, Robin and Sesk he only got Robin of the three of them. Uh, he'd been chasing Kaká, couldn't do it, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. And when Florentino came back, who inherited Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, and actually tried to get out of it, it turned out that it was very good that he couldn't. But I think part of this was his way of saying, I'm going to show what a, you know, what a muppet this guy was by signing Kaká. I don't think it was ever the right signing. And you're right, he failed. I wouldn't call him a flop. I think flops perhaps a tad harsh, but he certainly failed. So flops harsh, but failure is... is yeah, accurate. I know, I, yeah. I admit there's no real logic to what I'm saying, is there? No. But then, hey. I mean, there are definitely worse transfers. <laughs> yes. we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to some of them. I think there's more amusingly bad transfers, which yeah. is oh, why no, we put him here. I mean, incredibly bad. There's lots amusing, of uh, amusingly yeah. bad transfers, but that's why we've, we've kept Kaká. A sort of a brief mention here on this record-breaking there's a, there's a lovely There's a lovely line from Kaká in a very recent interview, actually. He said, I had two problems. One was my injuries. The other was Mourinho. But then he goes on to say, I didn't have any problem with Mourinho. It was all very educated, uh, very polite. Yes. You know, the relationship was good. He said, but I had a fundamental problem, which was that I thought I had to play. Hmm. He thought I didn't. Yes. <laughs> there you go. That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> that is the crux of the problem, wasn't it, for, uh, for poor old Kaká? Gareth Bale, record breaker as well for uh, Real Madrid, joining Los Blancos from Spurs for 100 million euros. Although they, they sort of tried to, they tried to say I that it, it was. wasn't a record at the time, maybe to keep Cristiano happy. They, they, Absolutely. They, they, they claimed that the fee, Ronaldo was 96, they claimed it was 94 yes. to try and, you know, to, to, to balance that. Uh, it turned out that Spurs were telling Spurs were telling us that it was 103. I think when Football Weeks came out, Football Weeks, Football Leaks came out, I think they had it down as 107.8 or something like that. Sorry, 101.8. But anyway, it was over 100. First player to ever go over 100. And it was the first player to go over 100 million. I mean, he's still here. He's still scoring goals. He's still trying to win European Cups. 99 goals he scored for Real Madrid. Yes. It's quite a lot. That's almost as many as millions of pounds that they paid for him. He scored. <laughs> that's one way of looking at it. Yeah. For every million pounds, yes. sorry, every yeah, every million pounds, there's a goal. Yes, which yeah, maybe puts it into context, but it was it was a curious but one, which wasn't goals, it? Though? Well, absolutely. <laughs> but it was it, the actual story of this transfer is, is quite the saga of his transfer because I remember there was quite a lot of uh, British press out here for uh, 
ended up being for about a couple of weeks because they were expecting it to be announced day after day and it didn't, didn't get announced. He was, down, he was down in some luxury resort in Marbella, wasn't he, for a while. And it was like, he's in Spain, a step close to the burnabout. It's like, well, quite literally a step close to the burnabout. But it doesn't mean it's actually done yet. I mean, basically, they were fighting with, with Levy. Uh, they were always confident that they would get Levy to, to agree. Uh, and I think this is, you, you come to the ego thing. So the ego thing of pretending his fee was less than Ronaldo, but the ego thing from Levy's point of view, which is this has to go over 100. Do you, I mean, do, was that a big thing? Was that a big I, thing I, in I, the negotiations? I genuinely think it was. Really? Wow. Yeah, I genuinely think it was. I don't know why I'm surprised, but yeah, <laughs> no. Given, given, given all parties involved. I mean, in a way, you know, Spurs, Spurs got a great deal, I suppose, on one level, except that, you know, they've not had a player as, as good as... Well, Harry Kane is, is perhaps there now, yeah. as good as him since. The, the, the thing that we all forget in all this is they sold Modric for £30 million. That was a much worse sale. Mm. Which might be in the bargain. Uh, yes, sign, it might uh, well pod, be, yeah. Pods, yes. But there we go. So, uh, Gareth Bale joining. Finally... Four Champions Leagues, by the way. Four Champions Leagues. And yet people still think he's a failure. Yes. Well, Which he sort of is. And he sort of isn't. And he sort of is. And he says, no, he's not, he's not a failure. failure. He's, he's not, not a failure. failure. No, OK, but he's a... He's not a failure. He came and in he's his first season no, no, he won their first Champions League. But there is still this thing, isn't there, in Spain? Of, of in of, Spain, maybe. Yeah. In Spain, maybe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they're wrong. And they're wrong. Well, again, it's about expectations. And it? it's also about the fact that the he doesn't, he doesn't speak Spanish. You, yeah. yeah, which doesn't because help. I think I think not speaking Spanish was an enormous impediment to him scoring possibly the greatest European Cup final goal ever. Yes, I mean if he'd spoken Spanish, God knows, you know he, he wouldn't have been. <laughs> God knows what he could have done. Uh, we'll end with the, the uh, biggest transfer of all time, which is obviously Neymar being sold to Paris Saint Germain. Sequeda, the famous phrase from PK, <laughs> the tweets <laughs> suggesting that he was staying, he wasn't, he was off, he might be back. Can I just say something about PK? Uh, yep, I like PK, okay. and I and I like the fact that he says things, and I like the fact that he's 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 intelligent and he's articulate. But he also quite often plays this game of having a go at the media, and by the way, most of the time, absolutely justified. Mm-hmm. But if the one time you break a news story from inside the camp, it's not true. Yes, Jerry, mate, media, maybe not. <laughs> well, obviously, it came out that he was just trying to influence him wasn't he it wasn't That's really a bird yes. I, I reckon he thought so really I reckon he thought so yeah, yeah. I reckon Neymar told him yeah I'll stay <laughs> yeah yeah alright Jerry I'll stay I'll stay uh, and then he was off and then at that point Jerry undid the handcuffs and Neymar ran to Paris Saint-Germain <laughs> as quickly as he could um, apparently he's been trying to come back he's been sending whatsapps been sending front WhatsApp. and centre because allegedly they were shown to Frankie de Jong as part of the deal to convince him to, to yes. join Barca not PSG by the way yes. given who wrote that story I think that's probably true Oh, really? I think the, 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 the journalist who wrote that story is very trustworthy. But it's just quite a funny thing to imagine actually happening. Them like getting the mobile phone out and being like, look, Frankie, look at this. There's this message. Look, look there's this message. Paris Saint-Germain is. There's loads of emojis. There's crying emojis. Just... Yeah, well, and also his dad's been on the phone, apparently, non-stop to Barcelona, trying to, yeah. trying to get him to come back. Uh, they, this... they could block a caller. <laughs> it's Pai Pi- Na- Neymar. Pai Neymar. No, I'm out. Um... This was a, a really, really massive transfer, though, for, for, so many, for so many reasons, and we expected it to have an adverse effect on Barcelona. And I think at the start of last season, everybody was expecting this to usher in perhaps a, an era of, of Real Madrid dominance domestically, and, and Barcelona go and win the double. Particularly because, of course, Real Madrid won 5-1 in that uh, Super Cup, and, yes. and, you, and Gerard Piquet admitted for the first time in nine years, I feel inferior to them. By the end of the season, they've got a double. Yes, but I think that inferiority was inextricably linked to, to yeah, Neymar going, wasn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely, and the sense of decline. Yes. The sense not only that they'd lost their best player, 
but that they had not been able to do anything about it. That they'd been totally lacking in control. You know, you get you get a board director, a direct member of the board coming out and saying, 200% sure he's going. He's not going. Yeah. 200%. That's a pretty high percentage. Yes. You can't get over 100%. No. You've doubled it. Yes. Well done. Yes. He's gone. Hmm. Dickhead. <laughs> I mean, that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. But also just don't believe anything anyone says anymore. That's the yeah. thing. I mean, it? also bear in mind in all of this, the other thing about Neymar is his price or alleged price when he first came to Barcelona and the, and the, the damage that did. I mean, that basically... That was the end for Sandro Rossi. Mm. The fact that Barcelona had been slightly less than honest in uh, in how much he'd cost. Yes, very. Well, in a so. way, they would they were honest in that the bits that were actually transfer fee, which was 17 million plus 40 for the dad, that was true. It's just they didn't include all the many, 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 many add-ons that were there. Yes, probably should have. Yes, yes. probably should. Yeah. Sandro, uh, right? We're going to leave it there. There is lots more for us to talk about in this series, though. We've got the uh, bargains. We've got. The uh, well, so we've flops, got flops. We've said the most, well. most influential, the, 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 most important. exactly the influencers that, that want the want the players who've kind of really changed their clubs and made a difference, and some funny stories along the way. If we've learned anything today, yeah, it might well be if you're going to set a buyout clause, <laughs> set it very, very, very high. <laughs> yes, uh, we'll leave it on that uh, very educational uh, point. Yes, if you are ever going to set a buyout clause, yes. dear listener, make it really high. Make it high. We'll see you next time. Cheerio. Bye. Network.